Hey, everybody. This is Benjamin Frisch, producer of Out on the Wire, and this is a podcast extra. Um, in episode eight, we talk a lot about uh, the editing process that we went through for episode seven, and so we wanted to share that uh, with everybody. What you're going to hear uh, right after I stop talking is uh, our first mix of episode seven. So this was the mix that we did um, that we sent to Robert Smith and Jess Jang to edit. Uh, it was pretty much finished. Um, the only thing was the interview hadn't we hadn't finished the interview yet. So that's not in there, but everything else was in there. Uh, and then we'll have the full edit meeting. And then after that, um, we'll have the full episode as it aired. So you can sort of compare and contrast. Um, that's all. Hope you enjoy. Just make stuff. Just make stuff. That's your job. Make stuff and get very lost. That would be my only other advice. Get lost. I'm Jessica Abel, and we're going out on the wire. The show about making stories, step by step. Out on the Wire is a show about how to tell stories, all kinds of stories, in any narrative medium. We go behind the scenes with the best radio and podcast producers out there, finding out what they have to tell us about story. And together, we're making new stories, following the principles of storytelling I discovered while researching my new documentary comic, Out on the Wire, The Storytelling Secrets of the New Masters of Radio. Last time, we dug in and actually started a draft. Writing. Words on a page. But maybe it's not going so hot. This time, we're talking about that feeling when you're stuck in the dark place that we often find ourselves in during the making of a project. And we've got an interview with Kazuo Kibuishi, the author of Amulet, who knows all about working his way through that dark, lonely place. And at the end of the show, we've got a new challenge for you that will keep you on the road to building a great story. Out on the Wire. It's about taking risks, putting it all on the line, opening yourself up to the world, telling your story. So come on, let's get out on that wire. This is Episode 7, Dark Forest. Once upon a time, a little girl lived with her mother in a small stone cottage near the edge of a great forest. Her mother told her not to leave the path or stop to talk to anyone on the way. Last episode, when I said, okay, seriously, time to get started on a draft, was it scary? Maybe also sort of exhilarating? You had a map, after all. You had your story Madlib sitting right there. And so you had a place to start. So there you are, skipping down the path, writing your story. The sun is shining, birds are chirping. You feel great. You can do this. You've got your map to guide you, and so you know the chronology of what's ahead of you on the path. You write a scene, and then another. But as you get deeper into it, you start asking yourself, is this the right way? You find yourself at the edge of the woods. Why does this character act this way? Does this setup make any sense? Why does this guy show up here? Wait, does any of this mean anything? Suddenly, you notice that those lovely trees that border the path have grown tall all around you, blocking out the sun. 
wind starts whipping through the branches. Every direction seems equally perilous. There's no longer a clear way forward. You're lost. Welcome to the forest. Like anyone who does a story, there will always be a moment where we think, think it's a bad idea. We think we'll say it out loud. Why did we? Vo- why did we volunteer in the meeting? Should we, we thought it was exciting. Should we throw this away? Should we? Should we ditch it? Yeah. The tape's not good. The idea's not good. We doubt our own excitement, and then you find it again. Like you find the thing. That got you excited in the first place. I think that's the nature of writing, though. It happens to me with every project, too. Yeah. There's like, you Do know. you want to write out a postcard right now that I can send you in six months to just say, I really, I'm excited about this story. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, postcards to your future, to your, to your future self. I did this interview with Robert Smith and Zoe Chase at Planet Money in August of 2012. But then, over a year later, as I struggled to figure out what my book was really about, I found myself re-listening to it. It was like I'd actually sent myself that postcard. This is what I wrote that day. I knew this would happen. I knew it's going to feel really shitty. Like you can't breathe, like you're getting fat, like you're losing brain cells, like you will never be able to think about anything else ever again, like there is no end to the German forest. There's no, there's no periods in that sentence. I read that out to Ben in our story meeting the other day, and I literally got choked up. It sucks so hard to be in the dark forest. And rereading my thoughts from that time out loud just put me bang right back in that emotional place. So what the hell is the dark forest? The dark forest is where you end up when you're way out on the wire. When you're sitting down to do the work, but it's so difficult and the work comes so slowly that you just can't believe that you could possibly be doing it right. When you think, really? Is this it? Because this doesn't feel great. Isn't it supposed to feel great when I'm actually writing? Does this mean I have no talent? Should I just give up? After all, the point of doing the work isn't producing free writing or doodles or character designs or endless pages of notes. It's making art, right? And if you're deep in it and what you're producing feels more like a pile of shit on a plate than a coherent statement, that can be demoralizing. The bad news is this is often what it feels like to make art. It can feel like you're flailing, like you're completely incapable of getting your mind all the way around the subject at hand. Kazuo Kibuishi, the author of the graphic novel and recently announced film, Amulet, is a genuine, honest-to-God narrative artist. But the fact that he's a best-selling, many-times-published author isn't enough to keep him out of the woods. He wrote an extremely popular tweet that summed up his experience of making the work. Creative process. One. This is going to be awesome. Two, this is hard. Three, this is terrible. Four, I'm terrible. Five, hey, not bad. Six, that was awesome. Number four on that list, I'm terrible. That's what hurts the most. But it wasn't true about Kazoo, and it's not true about you. That's the dark forest. And frankly, some of the steps in the middle... They do not necessarily go so smoothly or so chronologically. You might find yourself at, this is terrible. Then this is okay. I'm terrible. This is hard. This is okay. This is awesome. I am terrible. God, I'm so stupid. I'm an idiot. I will never make it out of this. I will never, ever see the light of day again. Oh, wait a second. I see how this might come together. No, I don't. Ah! 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 
I got the metaphor of the forest from Jad Abumrad of Radiolab, who talked about his own walk in the darkness at the Third Coast Audio Fest and then later in a manifesto for Transom.org. The station manager came to me uh, and he said, hey, do you want to do an hour on Wagner's ring cycle? And I thought to myself, okay, Wagner, Wagner, Wagner. I don't know much about Wagner. Oh, sure. Okay. Wagner. Why not? Uh, Fast forward a couple of months. I I have missed four deadlines. Uh, I'm on the verge of getting fired. And uh, I haven't slept for four days. So I had the pressure of ideas that were just out of reach. It was awful. And... um, we at Radiolab have given this state of mind a name because it happens quite often. Uh, we've, we call it the German forest. I just call it the dark forest because if I see German forest, everybody's like, well, why is it German? And then I have to explain the whole Wagner thing and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the point is when you get lost in those deep, dark woods, you think that you're crazy. You think that no one has ever felt this before. And the fact that you're feeling it means that you aren't any good at it and you can't do it. The Wagner piece took me deep into that place. Yeah, well, this book uh, has taken me pretty deep into that place, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually literally after Wagner, I guess, it, I guess I would call it an anxiety attack, the classic anxiety attacks now, mm-hmm. where like the tunnel, like the, the, your field of vision would narrow, or your heart would just start racing, you'd get sweaty, you'd have to sit down, you couldn't breathe. I would have that for months after that piece. Wow. It was so stressful. Here's me again in that fall of 2013 as I was writing out on the wire. I have bitten off way more than I can chew. And all I've got to show for over a year of research and logging and writing is a file of over 200,000 words in some kind of vague order with no narration written by me. And every single time I read over my notes on an interview or watch a video of these people talking, I just want to go back and spend some more time talking to them and listening to them. They are so smart and thoughtful. Why even do this book? I'll just give you a list of streaming audio links and you'll do fine. But then I called my mom and told her about my troubles. You're just using all those things to procrastinate to keep you from actually getting on with it. You end up being a cat chasing its tail because you just go around and around and around without going forward. And I think that a lot of times we do that because taking the next step is it seems scary, you know, because then you're sort of committing yourself in a way that you haven't now because everything you've got right now is things you've gotten from other people. You have to think of it as like making a quilt, okay? The quilt has lots and lots of pieces that you have found and they're beautiful, but you're the one who has to arrange them. You're the one who has to make them into something viable. All those pieces by themselves are nothing. In other words... Pull up your socks, young lady. Get to it. You know, to me, that's the joy and pain of the work, like getting deep into a story and figuring out how do I keep this moving? How do I keep the balls in the hand? How do I advance all my armies down the field? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and the more complex it gets, the more complex it gets. Jay Allison of the Moth Radio Hour offered scant comfort. There's a great peace in this work because for one, you, you can't multitask. It's the one time I have to shut everything else off because you can only exist in the flow of your story. Because if you don't, you're going to miss something. You're not going to be, you're not going to be far enough into it. As the great master Bruce Lee once said, Do not be tense. 
Just be ready. Not thinking, but not dreaming. Not being set, but being flexible. It is being wholly and quietly alive, aware and alert, ready for whatever may come. But that standard is so high to have the confidence and serenity to react in the moment to what you find inside the work, to allow your carefully laid plan to go out the window, or at least get radically revised. It's a kind of freedom that most of us find deeply unnerving. Any creative work is hard because you have to get completely into it. And you have to go down a lot of those dead end roads. I mean, the experience maybe you gain is that you don't have to follow them all the way to their dead end. It's still just enervating, and you go, "Oh, I can't, I can't." You know, I just, I don't know how to do this well. I can't make it as good as I should. And I think back in episode one of this show, Stephanie Fu of This American Life made it clear that she has been down a lot of those same dead ends. And you might not feel like it's working. Because you might be buried in a million stories, and you might not be able to find your way out, and the bosses might all be like arguing with you, and everybody at work is might be an absolute chaotic mess. Um, but that's what it takes. That's what everybody goes through to become good. Following your narrative as deep as it needs to go, that takes an iron constitution. You've got to truly trust yourself. Even when the forest makes everything feel wrong, to get that deep again, to, to get yeah, as deep as you need yeah. to get to make it yeah. to make it transcendent. You, know, yeah. you can do pretty good work without doing going that far. But if you want it to be transcendent and brand new for you, and and you know, and or in the culture, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's why a lot of people just stop creative work. Is it's it's too hard. It's too hard to keep your mind so fully focused to, to, if you want to do it well. You know. This is not writer's block. Or at least it's not the Hollywood version, where you don't put a word on paper and you loll by the pool chain-smoking and drinking martinis while your agent tries to track you down. No, it's much more like you keep writing words and words and words and words and words and words until you're swimming in words, and none of them make any sense to you. No idea is any better than any other idea. And how would you know anyway? You're such a moron. Do you still experience that? I definitely have had stories where, where I get lost and it's unclear how to tell the story. But more common for me, since I'm always outlining and I already know where I'm going all the time, like more common for me is, is that I'll have a structure but then having to just slog through and execute the structure, you know, is such a, like, that's the job of making something. Maybe Ira Glass doesn't visit the dark forest too often, but creativity still involves struggle. And, uh, and I find that, that more often than not, like, I'm not lost in the German forest. It's more like I'm a soldier in an army that's crossing the mountains by foot in the snow. <laughs> Through the, through the Kaibor Pass, and there are soldiers in an opposing army trying mm-hmm. to stop me. And also, I'm carrying a pouch full of, of poppy, of opium, that would be so much more enjoyable <laughs> to be lying down and taking rather than slogging my way through Asia on my, on my trail of conquest. Like, how much nicer to lie down in the snow with your opium pipe or your Netflix queue, whatever. 
you know, for everything that's great about creative work, there is a tedium to, to, to certain parts of the execution of it. You know, I understand that inking, for example, is not a totally enjoyable part of the cartooning process. <laughs> Actually, I enjoy inking comics pages. That's when I get to listen to podcasts. Like right now, um, I'm putting together this story about this, this car dealership. When I talked to him, Ira was working on This American Life, episode 513, 129 cars. You're going to be like, uh, Ira, Ira, you know what? I'll be uh, back at the office in about two hours. I'm picking up my new Jeep. All right. I mean, this product is like on fire. In my part of the story at some point, I have to summarize everything that happened on Wednesday and Thursday, the last two days of the month. And we have like 40 hours of tape that, that, that a bunch of us recorded over the course of two days. And some really amazing things happen. And, and, and we have way too much material that's good. The amount of stupidity that just happened far exceeds anything I have ever experienced in the car business. Even when I met Ira back in the late 90s, he had this confidence that allowed him to lay out the process of making his work and say, here's what you do. Here's the secret. But that's not how it feels to him day to day. And that's what I mean when I say, like, the tedium of of making radio or of making anything. Like, at some point, you have to stop talking about being a painter and you have to fucking paint the canvas, you know? And, uh, and, you know, you have to execute your plan. And that's the part that I feel like, for me, where, where procrastination can really set in. Um, because I know... I know what it's going to be like. And, and the only thing you can do in that situation is truthfully the thing you can only do in any kind of creative situation, which is you just have to start surrounding yourself with the story and getting it inside your head. So you start to like see the problems and see the path through and see what you want to keep and see what you want to kill. And, um, and you have to, you have to get off your ass and just, and just start thinking about the thing all the time. I struggled with a mountain of tape for eight months before I knew what my story was. I wandered in search of the story. I had a notion of what it was about, but then I blew it up. I rewrote my structure radically four times and in some ways ended up exactly where I started. I had to fight my way through. It can be done, but it's not pretty. And if you're doing it right now, you have my sympathies. I'm with you, man. But Granny, what great sharp teeth you have. All the better to eat you with, my dear. The good news is the projects where you find yourself lost like this are really only the big, important ones. This kind of stuck doesn't happen with the little things, with easy, non-challenging work. If you can get through this one, it will be creatively life-changing. Jad again. When I heard the thing on the radio later, I was like, oh, somewhere in the middle of that trauma, I think I found my voice. It was one of the first times when I heard myself on the radio and I thought, all right, I could work with that. It's not, I, I see where that guy's going and I kind of want to go there with him. There's a real correlation, to use the science word, uh, between time spent in the German forest and these moments of emergence. That's what I believe. If you're not stretching yourself, trying to say something you've never said before, trying to give form to ideas that are truly new for you, writing is a breeze. 
It's a walk in the park. Do you struggle to describe the ridiculous behavior of your annoying roommate? To express how you feel about what your dog did to your shoes? To recount what happened in some recent sports match? Probably not. If you were to write about these topics in an email, say, it would probably be a pretty cut-and-dried affair. But that is because the ideas you're expressing are simple, and the events are clear and on the surface. And that email would probably not reach the level you're aiming for when you sit down to work on your dream project. If what you're doing is deep, if it's worth doing, it's going to be hard. Getting completely messy, feeling completely lost, is absolutely necessary to finding your way out and becoming good. Yeah, just over and over and over again. Because each time you find different paths out, and so at a certain point, like, you can go almost anywhere and know how to find your way back. I've been lost deep in the dark forest on every major project I've ever done. And even on smaller projects, I spend at least a few hours there. And um, and to be clear, you know, the German forest changes a bit. That sense of the work is just too big. I can't get my head around this. How am I going to do this? That never changes. But what does change is that the terror gets reframed for you because now you know you've made it out a few times. So the terror takes on a different character. And it's like your vision gets to a higher altitude where you can see over the treetops and into the future where there you are, you're still there, you're still alive. So in that way, you begin to recognize the German forest for what it is. It's actually a tool. It's the place that you have to go to hear the next version of yourself. If you've made it this far, it means you can go the distance. I've been doing this long enough that if I didn't get at least a little bit stuck in those brambles, I'd worry that I wasn't going far enough out on the wire. That feeling of being lost is what happens when your brain is working the hardest to make connections, to understand what this morass of work you've produced actually means. You have to stretch and work to make new connections if you want to make something truly new. You have to work. And this... This is what work feels like. When you're in the dark forest, be kind to yourself. In these moments, it's impossible not to think, am I doing it wrong? Just try not to go all the way to, I'm terrible. Take a walk, take a shower, take a nap. Your mind is doing its work and it hurts. But keep going and you will escape from the forest. And when you do, you'll be a new person. The forest is fire. And it's that fire that will forge you into an artist. Okay, that's all well and good. But isn't there a better way to escape the forest than just slogging through it? And that's actually where the edit is really nice. Yeah. One of the other people who were there at the beginning, you know, when we were excited about it, and then we went through the emotional hell that is gathering all the tape and writing, and they say, but wait a minute, you were so excited about this part, you know, and now it's sort of dropped from the story. And we'll be like, yeah, 
Like that was exciting, you know. Like that will we'll sort of they can sort of hold hold the flame for us. Mm-hmm. We should do that as we're writing these right now. <laughs> we're in the moment. Like their story, we're in the darkness. The drug story. I still like that story. That's because you're not writing it. Collaboration. The secret to accelerating your escape from the darkness is collaboration. I've said it over and over again, but it's just the simple truth. If you talk to somebody about what you're trying to achieve, if you try to explain the bits that are slipping away from you, you'll start to find the answers you need. And if you record your conversations, you'll have a way to hold on to these insights. I mean, I'm struggling, and you are too, struggling with what is the difference between these things. Yeah. It's similar in its way to these two chapters, the structure and the scenes chapter. I mean, maybe each section just needs uh, a descriptive title that... that Focus sentence for each chapter. Focus sentence for each chapter. So it's like... um, Matt and I talked about every page, every concept, every connection in Out on the Wire, all the way through that fall of 2013 as I grappled with the deepest and darkest forest I'd ever gotten lost in. And each time we did, I felt another ray of sunshine break through the gloom. And without even noticing how it happened... I realized at some point right around Christmas that I had written a book. Red Riding Hood was happy to know that the greedy wolf of the forest could never again frighten or harm her. So she started cheerfully for home to join her mother, where she lived happily ever after. Now for this week's challenge. Remember, we post new full episodes every two weeks. At the end of each episode, there's a challenge designed to get you working on a narrative project of your own. The challenges build on one another so that over the course of the season, you move forward with your project. And if you find yourself in need of timely feedback, you know where you can find it, in the Out on the Wire working group. Even if you're listening to this episode weeks or months after the initial release, you can post your work in the discussion devoted to each episode's challenge. You join the working group by going to my website at jessicaable.com slash podcast and signing up to receive my newsletter. That's jessicaable.com slash podcast. Okay, here's the challenge. Collaborate. I know I told you to do this last time, but I'm betting you didn't do it. So now I'm keeping it simple. Find someone to sit down with you for half an hour and explain to them what you're working on and where you're stuck. They don't need to be experts on your subject or your medium. You just want their honest feedback and their honest questions. Record your conversation. If you have a smartphone, it will have a recorder built in. If not, you can get a cheap digital voice recorder. It'll be worth having. After your collaborative meeting, I want you to post a quick debrief of what the experience was like and what you learned. If you want to find someone to work with who is more attuned to your goals, find a local or online writer's group and ask for volunteers, and then meet at a cafe or do a Google Hangout or Skype conversation with them. But make sure you're talking out loud, not exchanging email. The talking part is the magic. And of course, if you're in the Out on the Wire working group, you've got a tested feel of possible collaborators. Just reach out to someone whose work you like and see if you can find a time. I know this will make you feel vulnerable. It's scary to admit that you're stuck. It's scary to ask something of someone, but I think you'll find that it's all worth it, and very likely your collaborator will too. Just make sure you pick up the tab for the coffee. 
If, on the other hand, you're struggling to even get your creative work off the ground, I've been writing a lot about creative project management on my blog at jessicaable.com, including designing some activities you can try. In fact, just right now, this week, I'm running a workshop for project planning that is completely amazing. I mean, the people in this group are knocking my socks off. I'll be running this workshop again in early 2016, so be sure to join my mailing list to be notified when that happens. As you probably know, we post workshop episodes in intervening weeks between the full episodes where Matt and Ben and I discuss some of the most interesting work posted on the community that week. Work posted by Saturday, December 12th, 2015 at midnight Pacific time will be eligible to be featured on the next workshop episode. We will always ask permission before talking about your work on air. And if you're listening after that date, you can still post and get feedback. We just can't talk about your work on the show. Again, you can get access to the group and to my newsletter by signing up on my website, jessicaable.com slash podcast. I'll have show notes on this episode, including links to all the stories we mentioned today, including a link to Jad's German Forest Manifesto, on my site at jessicaable.com slash podcast. You can also get show notes emailed to you if you're on the newsletter. Out on the Wire is a crowdfunded show. We've got a great Patreon where we put all of our full-length interviews. Kazuo Kibuishi, Larissa McFarker, Stephanie Fu, Jonathan Mitchell, as well as additional Ira Glass interview clips, downloads of music from the show by Matt, and more. Everything from hand-drawn internet avatars to personal story consultations with me. As we approach the conclusion of this season, we'll be sunsetting some of the larger rewards, so now's a great time to check it out. Your support is so important to us. Please join us as a patron. We've got links to our Patreon at my website at jessicaable.com slash podcast. You can find me on Twitter at JCCAble. Benjamin is at Benjamin Frisch. We're also on Facebook, Tumblr, and Pinterest, and those links are on our webpage. Out on the Wire is produced by Benjamin Frisch, with music contributed by Matt Madden. Made with the support of La Maison des Auteurs Angoulême. And special thanks to our talented cartoonist colleague and voice actor this week, Mickey Man Leung. See you in a week with Benjamin Frisch and Matt Madden for a discussion of some of your work from the Out on the Wire working group on our workshop episode. And then we'll be taking a two-week break for the holidays, and we'll be back in early January with Episode 8, Your Baby's Ugly. Your baby's ugly. Your baby's ugly. Your baby is ugly. Ugly baby you.